Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. What up? This is Myron. You're listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast, the Down on the Docks on the other side of the tracks, Die Bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to right here on the Odyssey app or through Odyssey Sports or hey, wherever else you're getting that podcast action front. Listen, I'm not going to judge you as long as you're liking, subscribing, and most importantly, enjoying the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast. If you hadn't said hello to us yet, hit us up on the socials. Also, if you've been seeing the rye bread and mustard gear around and you're like, look, I need to get the street cred for rocking the rye bread, hit up at simply.cora on Instagram or Etsy. That's all the house cleaning. Let's get right into it. Listen, folks, this is just going to be an episode. Uh, I think I'm just going to call it Empty the Tank. It's me and uh, Hanno up in Edmonds. Just kind of candidly talking about what's going on. We're probably going to bounce all over the place. We're, we're just emptying the tank here. We'll be back after this episode next week. We're taking a week off. We're chilling out. We're going to soak up everybody else uh, freaking out and talking, uh, whether it's on the radio, whether it's on television, whether it's on Twitter, Reddit whatnot we're just gonna soak it all in this next week or ignore it for a week so after this episode check back in with us next week we'll still be doing two episodes a week with some fun interesting programming didn't think we were gonna already have to be doing our off-season programming uh, this soon but unfortunately that's what's going on but on the other side of that we do have some fun exciting stuff some exciting guests coming up uh we're not just gonna talk hot stove we like we did last year we're definitely gonna bring some guests back get some new guests that we've met 
it's going to be fun. You're going to be thirsting for some Mariner action after you've, once you've just digested all this shit and let it pass through your body like like the flu, you'll be back thirsting for some Mariner stuff and rye bread and mustard will be your bartenders wetting your whistle. Anyways, we're like I said, we're just going to empty the tank. And here he is to empty the tank with me and just let it all out on the surface is Hanno up in Edmonds. What's going on, Hanno? Hey, man. Glad to be with you again. Yes, yes. Uh, not, not in these circumstances, but let's just get right into it. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ballgame. I want to see the ants. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. Yes, and yeah, all right, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's disappointing. Um, going off of what happened last year, we don't need to re, re uh, explain what has happened and what what happened last year what the expectations are let's just get right into it uh where were you what was going on uh how are you feeling when we were eliminated on saturday and just what's up we haven't talked in a while yeah i've been uh having weird work schedules so i was able to catch uh the mariners game uh this weekend and uh saturday yeah they same old story or, you know, the bats didn't come through, but it was a little bit surprising that Castillo had a stinker like that. I mean, Scott mentioned after it, it was the shortest outing he's had as a Mariner and uh, he just didn't have it. You know, a lot of walks couldn't find his command. And when he got in the strike zone, they were hitting him. I mean, nothing was really crushed, but uh, just a lot of, a lot of uh, trouble with two strikes and two outs. And before you know it, the game was out of reach. It was a downer. I know you were down there. Uh, Besides it being quiet, there was the demo catch. Um, and then when we got the bases loaded and then eventually left the bases loaded, those were pretty much the only big high points of juice, but I was down in Edgar's. So nobody knows what the hell's going on down there. Anyways, everybody's drunk. Uh, but you know, the night before Friday night and I was there a Thursday night um, as well. Uh, those were too energized, juiced up. Couldn't have had you feeling any better about the team. And then, yeah, Saturday it was like, oh, here's 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 what happens when we lose. And there's nothing worse than being down in that pen, pen area when things are going bad. When Luis was losing it, you got the fucking DJ cranking the music down there, <laughs> waiting in line to get into the bathroom. It was pretty miserable. And I, I was just in the bathroom in the line down there you know by edgar's you can't see anything so i was just standing in the line watching what the crowd down the first baseline was doing to see if we were ever getting out of that inning and i never heard the roar i never heard a boop, 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 or anything like that it seemed like forever i come out it's four to nothing and then eventually it was five to nothing six to nothing you know the drill he had the arizona game on on the iphone out there uh 
that was agonizing because it was a one to nothing game. So you're just kind of waiting for Arizona to do their thing. They don't, they end up still making the playoffs <laughs> that day. Uh, so, uh, you know, and we saw the big pool party online uh, and we saw your post. Yes. Shout out to Paul Seawald. Very happy for him. Um, man, uh, where do we begin? I mean, I don't, I don't, let's, how about this? With the biggest story coming out of the elimination, it seems to be what Cal Raleigh said, right? The comments got to be, that's probably the biggest thing or biggest distraction or amplifier maybe of what has happened. Yeah. I don't think you meant to say distraction because I don't was, but it did bring some attention to the uh, ball club and to the ballpark at the uh, last game of the year. My understanding, he was told by management to then go out and apologize. Am I, is that correct? Do you know anything about that? I don't know if he was told, you know, he had a 90 second interview Saturday, which, you know, if you haven't heard, it's basically in a nutshell going, Hey, you're looking over at the other, uh, you know, bench meaning the texas rangers they went out and spent they went out and added on implying that the mariners didn't do anything uh implying also that the trade at the trade deadline nothing was done correctly i don't know what did you take from that i mean i could just read the fucking his comment you know? no it's okay it's okay but i want to bring up something you mentioned that jogged my memory after watching that game that the uh, Mariners were eliminated and Texas clinched. Uh, your buddy Rosenthal, who you saw down there, um, interviewed run into Rosenthal. He's he's no bigger than Kermit the Frog, by the way. <laughs> I did meet him. I ran into him in the, the media tunnel down there. Yeah, he's a he's. You definitely got to get the apple box out for him. I'm sure. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, he was interviewing. Uh, Corey Seager and the reason I bring it up and you mentioned Cal about mentioning what the Rangers have done uh Corey Seager pretty much you know right after the game said exactly what I think Cal was saying he said hey it's good to be part of this organization they've shown to spend money um blah 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 so it was just an interesting correlation I took now that you just said about um Cal Raleigh but I didn't take really any offense to what Cal said. I I feel he was spot on, you know. Uh, I heard that he said, you know, something about the Seawald trade. I didn't hear that portion of it. But I could understand why, if that was the reason for him apologizing, that he might have done that to clear some things up, uh, not to disrespect Rojas and uh, Canzone. Because uh, when he did go out and do his little apology, he didn't take any questions, but he, he, you know, he just, he said it as it, he's not upset about talking about and frustrated about, you know, the winning and all that stuff. But uh, I just took it as he was going out there just to clear the air for the seawall comments, but everything else was no big deal. And that's kind of how I took it when I first heard it, that, hey, it's nice to, you know, I mean, it's right after a game. They got eliminated. They've been fighting hard whole season. Finally get eliminated, and he's just frustrated. And he he uh, let her rip. I mean, he kind of let. Her, he's one of those guys who's 
you know, says it like it is. He even mentioned something when they traded Seawald. So he's one of the few leaders on the team that actually speaks his mind that I've seen or that takes the time to actually answer the question. So I, I was good with it. For just maybe somebody that's listening here that's just like just blocked out all the Mariner shit the second they knew they were eliminated. Basically, the nuts and potatoes of, of the quote here um, is like, well, here's a here's one. We've got to commit to winning. We've got to commit to going out there and getting those players you see on other teams going out and getting big time pitchers, getting big time hitters. We have to do that to keep up. That's one of the blurbs. The other one is we've done a great job of growing some players here and within the farm system, but sometimes you got to go out and you have to buy. And that's just the name of the game. We'll see what happens in the off season. Hopefully we can add some players and become a better team. Uh, another part of it is you look over at the locker room and they've added more than anybody else. He's implying about the Rangers. You look over at the other locker room They've added more than anybody else, and you saw where it got them this year. There's more ways to skin a cat. Uh, PETA's not going to like that part. Uh, but going out and getting those big names, people have done it, people who have been there, people who are leaders, people who have shown time and time again that we can be successful in this league, definitely going to definitely help the clubhouse it would help the team and maybe help those little things that we need. And my feeling about this, when I read it, I was like, this can't be true. I was down at Hooverville. I ate an entire pizza. One of their Hooverville pizzas are really good. She go try them out. And then I started to see this stuff circulate, but you never know what's fake and what's real. And I was like, wow, I could see that today maybe or in a usually you'll hear things like this in the interview i mean famously russell wilson threw the offensive line right under the 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 bus but that came down the line on a radio show i was surprised to hear it right then especially when you got to go back in that locker room tomorrow but listen yeah he went out he you know did his apology because he probably thought you know what some people in here that are really good people that um, you know, I've been traveling up and down the road with probably ain't going to like to hear about it. Uh, so I think it was probably not something that the organization made him go, go out and do. I definitely feel like he feels like this. You've heard, um, other players like JP and, uh, I France that have backed him up. I'm sure they're going to, uh, I knew they would going to, they were going to, uh, I feel like the core people, definitely understand this um but yeah when you when you, when you look at this the people that you feel bad for are yeah the guys that we've acquired or maybe down the down the lineup down the bench kind of guys and maybe some people out in the bullpen and i know scott equated this to like the young emotional players you know you got kelnick doing his thing and then you got uh george kirby which he mentioned in his uh little pregame press conference. I don't feel like this is the same thing as George Kirby or uh, Jared Kelly. Like those were kind of like in-game frustrations. Uh, this is more of an organizational call to action from the top down, which is what uh, Cal did here in that, in that moment of frustration. 
Yeah, I agree with you. There's nothing emotional about what Cal Raleigh did. I felt it was measured and, you know, it's a different, it's an, it's an opinion. And, and my opinion is that it's accurate uh, how he um, talked about what's going on. So I just totally think Scott's totally not, not right in, in bunching all three of those situations and talking about it being emotional. And, but I mean, whatever. I mean, Cal, he, uh, he, he didn't need to apologize and he ended up doing it. Um, and Ryan Divish tweeted, you know, service tells his players to be themselves. And he said what he uh, believed. And anyone in the organization that thinks he needed to apologize should ask themselves that. And I totally believe that. It's, I mean, the whole thing about, that's what I really want to know if the organization told them to or not, because that's important uh, to me. And I think Mariner fans, if he was, you know, recommended to go out and apologize or what have you. I mean, to me, if I was Cal Raleigh and someone else mentioned this, it's like Cal's a winner. He's a top five catcher. I could see why, or possibly if he's frustrated by that and, could ask for a trade. I don't know if that's going to happen or if that's overreaction, but he's yeah. good enough to demand one. And I mean, a lot of people have talked about Cal and the way he plays and the winner that he is and his frustration about not signing with this club later on. Um, there's been many things written about the Mariners organization and how they, you know, deal with signings and how they consider how the organization is considered by all the rest of the league and other players and uh Cal's seen it firsthand and I wouldn't be surprised if once he moves on that whoever he moves on to they're gonna love him and they're gonna win Cal's a winner and he speaks his mind and leaders do that and in my opinion he's a big time leader so I'm all Cal on this well I think thinking he's gonna demand a trade after a couple of seasons in the big leagues on a team that's put together a couple 90 win uh, seasons and a what 88 win only finishing two games back from the Astros. I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think that's in, in the cards right now. Ask me this question in a year or two years, maybe that can happen. Uh, right now I, I'm not that far down the road on it. I just think, yes, uh, he want he is a winner. Yes, he wants to win right now. Um, and look, the Mariners, to be fair, didn't put themselves in a position in the regular season as far as the trade deadline to even – it wasn't very convincing that they even still had a real legitimate shot. Mr. Buner, will you play Pepper with me? I can't, son. Against the rules. How many times have you heard that? Hi, I'm Ken Griffey Jr. When I'm not running the bases, I'm running for president. Vote for me, and I promise to erase every no pepper sign in America. Mr. Griffey, will you play pepper with me? Sure, kid. Could you help me out with some swing states? Oh, yeah, I guess. A shoot on every foot in a pepper game in every backyard. 
I think Ken Griffey is spending too much time on the field, not enough time on issues like the flat tax. No pepper? I say yes to pepper. Look, pepper was outlawed for a reason. It tears up the turf. You know how big this thing was? Look at this. Pepper man, and right under there, Korean War ends. The man don't want you to play pepper. You gonna listen to the man? If you outlaw pepper, only outlaws will play pepper. So where does the candidate stand on real issues, like the flat tax? I mean, if they're so smart in Washington, why don't they have a baseball team? Baseball without pepper is like baseball without baseballs. Hey, anyone can champion pepper. It takes a real man to champion the flat tax. It's pepper that people want. They don't care about the minimum wage, the flat tax. They want pepper, and they want it now. Pepper to the people, man. Land of the free? Why can't I play pepper? Jefferson should have said life, liberty, pepper in the pursuit of happiness, because it just didn't sound right. But that's what they meant to say. I know that. And where does this moose stand on the flat tax? I know we've agonized and talked about this over and over and over and over and over again. And last off season was a failure. It was going to be a failure, whether we made the playoffs and went deep. If you're just basing on what they could have done around the guys that we had or guys we could have retained, it's a failure. The only person that of any sort of uh, relevance from the off season that was still around Period. The only person that was around from the offseason was Teo Hernandez. And that was acquired early on in a trade. There was a lot of free agents. We let a lot of guys go. In fact, there's a lot of Mariners from that 2022 team that are going to be playing this week. He's he's going to be uh who, who do we got? Winker and Santana with the with the Brewers. Um Frazier with the Orioles. Um, Seawald, he's probably the one that's going to have, you know, have the most juice and actually get a lot of playing time besides probably Santana, but Swanson yeah, see, yeah, Swanson, he'll be a part of it in Toronto. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of guys and that, that hurts too, no doubt. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm all right with the, the Teo Swanson trade. I'm not going to agonize over that. The, the Seawald trade, man, I just don't understand to you bring over Canzone and you get Rojas and I want to talk about this. I just, just still don't understand. You go out and you make this trade. You see the results of what Canzone's doing. Uh, sure. He had a little bit of a slump there, but for the most part, he's been very impactful, especially with his bat. He's had multiple games, with multiple hits, multiple games with multiple RBIs. Uh, in the Oakland series, the very last game of that series, he gets in there, has a four RBI day. Then you barely see him at all down the last the in the important stretch games. I know that they're just playing by their analytic games here, and the, and you know the, the analytics say maybe he shouldn't be out there, but the guy was playing good. You don't see him. Rojas was out there, sure, but. To me, it made no sense. It just made no sense not to be playing Canzone. And especially when there was times where you could have had Canzone and you could have had Kelnick in the outfield defensively and had Teo DHing. We saw a, an error on um, last Wednesday night against Houston that I just go, God, if I don't feel like Kelnick would have made that error out there you know, in right field because Canzone would be over and left. I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm just emptying the tank on some thoughts. 
I just feel like if you went out and you got these guys and they were being impactful like this and you gave up Seawald, which also, which also like hurt to bullpen in the long run, it just didn't make sense to me. And that's a, that's a management question right there. Yeah. And I can answer it for you. Management didn't think that they were going to win. That's why they trade Seawald and got these two guys. Yeah, I agree with you. Think about it. No, they but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, why wouldn't you use Canzone down the stretch? Who knows? I can't answer that, but I can tell you. Yeah, you trade away your closer, and like you mentioned, your two guys that you acquired are not even in the lineup especially Canzone. Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, but like I said, that move was made. And the thought process, in my opinion, of the Mariners front office was that they didn't think that they would make that extra push towards a playoff run. They never saw their 21-6 um, and six record coming in August. Not at all. Heck no. no. But, it make, no, but-, but, you know, be more from your frustration – that I hear in your voice is when you throw out Sam Haggerty at DH, uh, Caballero at second, um, Dylan Moore. Dylan Moore. That's your seven, eight, nine hitters. And then you have um, Ford, and I get it. Ford could maybe run into something, uh, but still at the same time, what Canzone was doing, he was bringing some excitement to the line, some energy to, you know, he's, Definitely got a bat that has had some sneaky power in it. Uh, had a great French kiss. I mean, it was a thing. And then just all of a sudden, not playing. I mean, I I, I want to know. Maybe there is an injury. I was down there on the field in batting practice, and he was hitting the ball through the damn cold air, windy air, and putting him in the seats on Friday. You don't see him. You saw him Saturday or no, you saw him Friday at the end of the game when they're when they were up what eight to nothing, and he's out there in the last couple of innings, and then they don't play him until what Sunday when it doesn't matter. It just was kind of weird to me. Well, the computer spits out things. We know that when they're facing a lefty, Kelnick's not playing, uh, Ford's not playing, Canzone's not playing. We saw that when the when uh, Texas went to righties. Um, who was the first off the bench of the left-handed hitter, not Kelnick, not Canzone, it was Ford. Uh, and then it was, uh, who was the next lefty up after that? Slipping my mind. But it's all planned out by the computer. You know, these games are written out before they even start the game. I mean, it's just hard, like I said, when you're talking about 789 with those guys and Sam Haggerty, who was in AAA most of the year, and now you're counting on him to be that spark as a DH in crucial games to make the playoffs. It's baffling. It is. It is fucking baffling. We, we saw this. Remember when we were talking about that Oakland series, the last Oakland series in Seattle, and they started ripping these lefties out to us. And we were like barely getting through that series. And we we're kind of like, this is going to be kind of tough. Well, now it's kind of out there that the Mariners are going to have troubles with these lefties and we saw a shitload of lefties from Texas and we saw a good amount of them in the Houston series as well. And lo and behold, look at the fucking record. 
Because look at the right-handed options you have after Julio. After when you switch Cal around. Eugenio. Ty France on a good day. Yeah. It's not scary. You're, you're looking at the end of the lineup. You're right. And you're, you're looking at Demo, Haggerty, Caballero. Not scared. Well, and that brings up another thought. You know, those guys, I like all of them but they're yeah. all role players and yes. to have the same type of player um, three of them on your bench um, that makes sense in a championship team. Maybe one of them, excuse me, not all three, how the roster is constructed, maybe one or two, but when you have all three of them in uh, that are, you know, proven bench guys, it just, it's just hard to take, especially like I mentioned down the stretch in playoff style games where you're looking to, win no matter what to get into the playoffs and it's just hard i'm sure that they have some stat or something that's telling them why but i don't see it they have information that i don't know and they're a lot smarter than me but it's still just it's not like they were such a better option than these other guys you always feel like you want your other bet you want your best players out there in crunch time and they weren't proving it so much from their side of the plate against lefties. I mean, Jared Kelnick, I'm not saying that he has proven himself yet, but he had that game where he was, you know, had a hit and four walks on base five times and he gets sat the next day. But he has showed in the beginning of the year, he hit lefties pretty good. So I don't know what changed if he was hurt or I mean, I, I it's hard to, for me to say that they thought he was hurt because they would put him out there. But what was their thinking and why everything changed up? There's just a lot of things that happened late in the season that just don't make sense. Whatever happened to riding the hot hand? Is that just no? Is that is that just too old school? Because to me, I get analytics. I get what the probability rates are. I get how those can help you in your favor. But unless something's like one thousand percent there's still a chance and especially somebody that's hot or somebody that's just feeling it and you're riding it. It's just, I'm not saying that we lost because we, we didn't have Canzone out there. No, the, uh, our big guys didn't come through in the clutch for us here uh, down the stretch outside of JP Crawford. You know, it was pretty inconsistent. I know Gino picked it up here a bit in the last week, but look, it, Julio went one for 21 through that stretch of those games here in this homestand before this last one. Um, but it's, it's not all on Julio, but it just, I don't know, man. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, I don't even know what we're talking about, and that's what this podcast is today. It's the empty the tank. I mean, there's all there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, there's yeah, there's the pitching Castillo uh, in his last two starts, once against uh, the Astros and then one against the Rangers. Uh, he only won eight and eight and two thirds innings, gave up thirteen hits, nine runs, and five walks. I mean, you just don't expect that to be the case, and. Um, you know, we can blame management uh, for their decisions. We can ba- blame ownership for not spending the money. But the part of the blame has to go on the players down the stretch. You know, yeah, they, had a ter- they had a terrible September, 11 and 17. I'm including this game today in August. But um, they went 5 and 15 against winning teams. And in their last uh, 10 games, they went 4 and 6. Uh it's against the, the two teams that you were fighting to make the playoffs on. And it was a, a tough time to struggle. It was, I remember, I, I don't know if you were on the episode with me. Maybe you were. And I, cause it was the Ninja and he was talking about how he expected us to sweep the, the Dodgers and all this, at the beginning of the month, you know, earlier on in September. And all I asked for, I said, if you could just play 500 in this second month. And he was like, Nope, they're going to play five or six, seven, maybe 10 games over 500. And I said, you are crazy. But just think about this. If the Mariners actually just played 500, they would have won the AL West by four or five games. Oh, no doubt. There's a That's lot of That's how things. good of a position they had themselves back in and a lot of home games. Absolutely. And then, you know, it brings – it's just one game you need to win. We can talk about the one loss we had to Oakland. We can talk about the uh, game against Kansas City to start off that road trip before we got hot where they walked off on a suicide squeeze. We can talk yeah, about that one. Yeah, that one game against Anaheim here recently in the you know this month, uh, it, yeah, where they lost it. You know, I think that was a bullpen loss if I remember correctly. I mean, there's just it's uh, lots of things you can point to for sure. I mean, they only they, I mean, what's funny is is they had three below 500 months and three above 500 months and um. They were, and they were 50 and 50 in their first uh, 100 games of the season. They were also what above 500 and below 500. How many times? So, I mean, the real identity of the team was, was right there. And that's why I th- inconsistency. Yeah. And I think that's where the frustration comes as we just spoke here about how close they were about the frustration from Cal Raleigh. I mean, they were so close and he knows it. The players knows it, know it. You talked about what JP said, Ty France, they all have Cal's back and believe it. And you mentioned it too. The off season was a failure. We knew that the previous year that they needed a bat. Uh, they didn't go out and get anybody till late on in uh, the off season. Uh, I think 
their first signing was way late and it was AJ Pollock. And then they, you know, brought in uh, La Stella and claimed him as being a, a professional hitter yeah. who's going to help. Uh, he was your <laughs> DH to start the year. We talked about the previous offseason, how we needed DH. Um, we went from La Stella to Ford, who had a really good season for what he was and where he came from and, you know, fought his way in the minors the whole season. They finally gave him a chance and he did well and then ended up with Sam Haggerty at DH. I've been waiting to hit that button. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to play the Godfather music. Oh, what else can we bitch about? You know what? Here's here's what we do. Here's what we do. Here's what we do, Hannah. Here's I what we do. Right Go ahead. Talk some stock. Talk some positives because I have a few of those too. I mean, JP, you can't play any better than he's he's played down the stretch. I mean that that double off the wall, the base clear. I mean the game winner the other night. Sure, the guy took a weird route. It was it it was kind of strange, but I mean like JP coming up after, you know. The base is loaded, no outs. Those those two, and we get two pop ups again because we ain't got no deaths. We ain't got no big pinch hitters to do it. Um, gets the big grand slam that puts the game away. I mean, that was the peak of the season, right there. Was that ass kicking on Friday night? They had the fireworks after the show. I was pumped up. Had to get down there on a Saturday. Today, I Sunday, I I couldn't do it. I didn't want to be down there. Oh, I'm with you. I wouldn't have gone either, even if I had tickets. But to add a couple of other positives, I mean, we mentioned before this homestand, we were asking for Ty France to give us something. Yeah. Uh, he gave us he gave us a lot more than he had been of late. So I gotta thank him for that. Sure, it wasn't what we expect from Ty France, but it was a lot better. But as far as the whole season, I mean, I have to give a lot of credit to. Uh, the young pitchers, Bryce Miller and Brian Wu. I mean, to have Robbie Ray and Marco Gonzalez, big time innings eaters and two fifths of your rotation go down. And for those guys to uh, get the experience and get thrown in the fire and be pretty successful. Sure. They gave up a couple of clunkers down the stretch. Uh, Wu pitched good against Texas in his last start and they ran out of gas and pitched more than they ever have. But man, without those guys, this season would have been even more of a disaster and they should get credit for that. And if you think about it, we had a starting rotation for almost the entire season without a left-handed uh, pitcher in the rotation. Yeah. Good point. Pretty crazy. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, you mentioned no lefties starting rotation. Uh, for the Mariners this year, but remember last year, the Mariners didn't have any lefties coming out of their pen until they traded for Borowski or Bukowski um, from Toronto. That was what was so surprising. They didn't go into spring training with any lefties. Sure, they uh, acquired Spire and Saucedo. Um, they did end up getting a lefty late last year as a uh, more of a bullpen guy, but he was a starter, which is boy that you know, we sometimes forget about. He was key down the stretch. I mean, we had injuries in our bullpen this year, too, with Penn. Uh, he was very key the year before. So, I mean, they they sustained pretty well through um, the injury bug to the pitching staff, where last year they didn't have any injuries, which was unheard of. So, uh, impressed to see that they were able to withstand the injuries from the pitching staff this year. Uh, yeah, 
I mean, you have your year before's opening day starter, your big your big signing the year before, probably playing second fiddle to Castillo. Be interesting when uh, Robbie Ray comes back next July, where where exactly he'll fit in and who will be out there because. You look at it, Mariners are going to have eight, seven, eight starters trying to, you know, fit into the uh, five man rotation. Probably they're going to probably going to do the six, but it'll be interesting to see which guys are still here because I'm sure they'll be answering phone calls uh, for these guys. Hi, this is Tom Petrarca, the Seattle Mariners, inviting everybody to come on out to the Kingdom on August 23rd for Mariners Funny Nose Glasses Night. Uh, Be the first Tom. in your neighborhood Tom, to have... Tom, I'm sorry. August 23rd is not funny nose glasses night. It's jacket night, Tom. Jacket night? Yes, every jacket. kid 14 and under gets an official Mariner's vinyl jacket free, Tom. Jacket? No nose. No funny nose no glasses, nose. no. I'm sorry. Hmm. What am I going to do with 30,000 pairs of funny nose glasses? That's your problem, Tom. For the matter of Jerry in the front office and all of that... You got something really quick to say about that? Say it. We're gonna have plenty of time to talk about it, but you got. We're gonna have a few months here. Uh, but what do you got to say? What one last thing to them? You know, if I had to rank them um, between ownership, uh, baseball operations, meaning uh, Jerry and the Shadow Justin. <laughs> and then the play, and then the players on who to blame or all of the above. Um, I probably would. I mean, it starts for me with management or with uh, ownership. Uh, I just can't get over how last year we made the playoffs. Uh, we knew that what needed to be done, the few pieces added, and it didn't happen. I believe that Jerry and the Shadow don't have. Uh, they have. Um, their hands tied as far as how much they can can spend. So I blame them next for then going out and waiting late in the off season to pick up these guys that, you know, we knew that uh, weren't going to be contributors. Um, the whole Colton Long thing. I mean, I understand that trade. Sure. I don't didn't like the results, but you know, you got rid of Winker, someone that you didn't want. For Wong, who had a has had a good career, um, so I understand why that trade was made, especially since um, you were you needed to fill a hole at second base because you weren't going to resign Frazier. He signed, and uh, and then I guess I would go third with the players. You know, uh, it takes a lot of effort to crawl back into a season like they did with um, the streak they were on, the emotional ride. Um, sure, they did have help. I'm not I'm not saying that it was all the Mariners players that got them back in it. Sure, a lot of it was, but a big collapse by Texas um, to help yeah, and get Houston, them back. And Houston, and Houston had quite a bit of injuries and uh, and – Throughout the year, you, you know, they start the year without Altuve. You don't have Michael Brantley forever. Um, you, you also, they also lose one of their pitchers. Um, and yeah, we, we talked about it here on the podcast when people were waiting for this 
big streak. Don't worry, the Mariners are going on a streak. And we talked about, hey, the Mariners went on this big streak the year before, and they only gained like a game. Well, this year was quite the opposite. We were getting help all the time and even down the stretch, but could not help ourselves. And then the one thing I want to say where I – not so much against the organization, but the one thing when, when you mentioned the players, this was a very sloppy played season by this team, whether it was base running, whether it was mental errors, whether it was chasing things out of the zone. There was a lot of beating themselves. Absolutely. Uh, there sure was. And then in third, I didn't mention it, but I'd put coaching in and uh, I went uh, – and made some comments about Manny Actus base coaching. I thought there were some mistakes there. There can be some criticism for Scott Service and some of his decisions he made. So I'd put him third and the players fourth. Um, what I was finishing up saying was that it's hard to get back into um, the, gr the groove after being on such a high streak and hot streak. Um, they went then on the road, you remember, and just looked dead. They looked, they collapsed and didn't play well in New York, in Cincy. And then the final road trip in, uh, in, um, Tampa Bay, I believe, where they just, they just didn't have, and they were ready to come home. It takes a lot out of you. They had to fly back that night after the game on Sunday and they played the next day on Monday. So that's hard to travel. We know how that goes, but, uh. I, that's how I'd rank them, ownership, management, Scott, and the players. And one last thing I'll mention, too, and this is kind of ties back into where we started about Cal Raleigh and their, you know, his frustration with them not adding some players. Well, and he mentioned the Texas Rangers. Well, they've done it systematically. They went out and got their big fish two years ago in Seeger and Simeon. They added a little pitching this last year. Sure, he was hurting to Grom. But they have young core as well that came up, and their hitting's great. But you know what stinks is their bullpen. And you bet your ass next year they're going to fix that. They're going to fix their bullpen. So I guarantee that they're going to add on to that bullpen and try to then distance themselves even further away from the Mariners. So the Mariners have to continue to make moves and make smart moves. And that's what's so frustrating coming from the fans, myself and Cal Raleigh. We can all see it coming. Well, and you look at both of those teams too, and this isn't, I'm not here making a dig at Scott. There's the lineup to me was, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to make sense out of what the lineups were like here in the last 10 days, maybe even a little bit longer. Uh, but you look over in those dugouts, two teams we played, you're talking about Dusty Baker and you're talking about Bruce Bochy. I mean, there's there's a reason why these guys are going to be in the Hall of Fame. They know Bruce Bochy has a broken down bullpen, loses uh, his uh, what he loses the Grom at the beginning of the year. Then he gets Scherzer and Scherzer goes down, and he still finds a way to manage them through this collapse to pull them back into the playoffs. And then Dusty Baker does what Dusty Baker does, and uh, Dusty Breaker also brings that mental fuck game that he does. You can tell he frustrates the Mariners and he frustrates Scott service and he plays the game, uh, you know, hard and he manages, I mean, he played the game hard and he manages the game hard. And here's what else I got to say to everybody. The Mariners were in a position where today it was like the cyanide capsule. Do you want 
the Texas Rangers? Do you want to lose this game and have the Texas Rangers uh, partying on the field, winning the AOS, or do you want to win this game? And if Houston wins, they win the AOS. They won the AOS, and it's miserable. I know people are like, no, not Houston. Well, guess what? If us Mariner fans, if if the Mariners aren't going to be in it, taking it all, I want the rest of the MLB to be miserable. I hope Houston goes and wins it again. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> we're going to be miserable. Everybody else can be miserable too. Wow. It doesn't make me feel better. It doesn't make me feel better. Who wins? If the well, Mariners that, aren't, I'm not happy. I, yeah, I, I see your point. I don't agree with it. I don't want Houston to win, but I have to come back to uh, and make a comment on what you were mentioning about the two managers. Um, I have no idea how Texas or Houston runs their organizations, but the way I took your point is, is that if the Mariners had a manager of their caliber or um, how long they've been doing it, but I'm asking you this, would it even make a difference? We know how the Mariners run their organization. It's ran from the uh, press box or the uh, suites up above in the computer. Do you think it would matter if we had Bruce Bochy or Dusty Baker with the way the baseball ops run the game and how they determine on who's starting the the who's coming out of the pen during what time. I mean, does it even matter what kind of coach we have? I don't think their, their styles would uh, work with what the Mariners try to do. Um, so maybe it would, yeah I, yeah, I think it would make a difference. I think it would make a difference. I don't think it would ever happen because you're right. That's not the way that, this organization is set up right now. But, well, I look over at over at what Houston's doing, and they're not as analytical. There's a great documentary about Reggie Jackson and why Reggie Jackson was working with them and not with the Yankees. Um, and it's more of a a feel thing over in Houston. I don't know too much about what exactly they're doing over in Texas, except for signing guys that drive in a hundred runs and hit 30 home runs. And uh, you could take all the analytics in the world and, and stack them up. But if you're just a beast you're, and you got these beasts, then you got beasts. Yeah. Um, they flat out hit uh, when they dropped the lineups uh, for that first game in tech against Texas, uh, the Texas lineup starting nine had seven guys that hit over 270. Guess how many of the Mariners have in their starting lineup? One, oh, one. They, they hit, yeah, they hit the ball. And look, in the way that the Houston Astros play, like Dusty Baker knows that they're just a hated team. They get under everybody's skin from shit that happened years and years ago, and they're never going to get away from it. And he's just kind of like, fuck it. That's who we are. We'll wear the black hat in every town. Absolutely. It's us against the world, and they use it to their advantage. And when Scott, this is one thing I did have to go, Scott, grow a set, please. Your catcher, your former catcher, have a little bit of edge. Don't get annoyed when they're like, Dust, Dusty Baker said there's bad blood between these teams. And he goes, ah, there's not bad blood. We're just trying to beat, we're just a team trying to get over and overcome this team or whatever he said. I'd have been like, yeah, there is. And we want to beat them. There's yeah, bad blood. He, I mean, yeah, 
Or he could have said, and not said bad blood, he could have just said, we don't like them and they don't like us. That simple, you know? Yeah, don't back down from it. And, I mean, Dusty Baker ain't going to do it. He's going to stir the pot on you. He knows exactly what he's doing. I mean, there's a reason why those guys, you know, you got Bruce Bochy, he's got three world championships. How many pennants? How many playoff appearances? Dusty Baker, all kinds of playoff appearances. His big thing was he couldn't win the big game. He did last year. Um, you know, hats off to those guys, both teams. I mean, they 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 overcame a lot. The Mariners had opportunities and had help from other teams. They didn't get the job done. I guess maybe I'll edit out hats off to them, but maybe I'll leave it in. I mean, it's like they did it uh, for, for, for the Texas Rangers, the way they were crumbling to like straighten out, you know, that's, that's a manager thing. That's getting the players to play the right way with whatever obstacles they have. And then look, Houston Astros, whether you like it or you don't, they're the class of the American league. They are. There's nobody better than them. There's nobody else going to the World Series almost every year. Hey, you're right. I I mean, we played them so tough last year in the playoffs. We had a great season series against them this year, and that's what's frustrating. I'll keep going back to it like a broken record. We were right there last year. We saw what we needed, and we didn't go out and execute and make the moves to improve this club. And it kills everybody, us, the rest of the Mariner Nation, Cal Raleigh, the players. So, yeah, it's that's why the frustration is what it is. Sure. I, I will say one positive thing here about it. We did close the gap with us in the Houston Astros this year. We might not have the record that shows it that we, we did, you know, overall. You know, you look and you go, well, we lost more games this year. We didn't get to the playoffs. Sure. Yes. But the one positive thing about this war with the Astros, they're, we're neck and neck with them. I, I, I definitely feel like there's not a team in the American League that's going to the playoffs that the Mariners, if they had their shit together, couldn't beat. If we were talking about over in the National League, no, I, the Mariners are not on the level of the Atlanta Braves or the L.A. Dodgers. That, but, I would agree with that, but with their record-wise, they would have if they were in the National League, they would have been a wild card team. It's just how crazy baseball is, and it was the first year of playing the balanced schedule and where you play everybody, so it was quite a different year. But yeah, well. We got it all out. We Listen, there's much, much more to go. We're going to be still doing these podcasts throughout the offseason. We learned a lot about what to talk about and what keeps people interested throughout the offseason, which I think for doing a baseball podcast, that's the marathon right there. That's the challenge. Uh, we're still going to be back twice a week. We're going to do you know up-to-date news stuff, probably – deep dive in there on the roster, you know, coming up here pretty shortly. I know people might be like tuning out right now, but we'll still be trying to get shit out every couple of weeks. We also going to do some fun stuff 
we've had a lot of really fun guests this year on here, whether it's been the Pike Street drummer, Brett Boone, Tom Hutler, NBC's Carl Tart. We got uh, Bill Posley from Cobra Kai. Um, you know, any any of the uh, Jim Copacino came on with all uh, giving us the history of the Mariners commercials. Uh, let us know which some of those guys you want to hear more from and we'll get them back on here. Also some other people that you might want to hear from. And if, Hey, if you, if you got to connect, you know, uh, let us know. Um, but I say we do this, Hanno. Maybe I'll add this in the intro. If I go back and do it, let's take a week off. We've earned it. We'll come back next week. We'll figure something out. I think we just talked about something on here. Some, some of the worst losses of the season. Maybe let's make a compile a list of maybe the 10 worst losses. Uh, and why, you know, maybe some at the surface you go, maybe the game with uh, that we booed everybody was the worst loss of the season or when the Mariners got booed out of the stadium. And I'm like, that might've been the best one. Cause that seemed like that motivated them. The ones that we're talking about, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into them a bit more because it's not just these games that happened here in September. There was plenty of games when they counted in April, May, June, and July that the Mariners did this. Uh, well, anyways, to the listeners, thanks. We've seen uh, quite a bit of growth as far as people downloading and subscribing to the show. If you haven't and you're just kind of sneaky and listening, come on, give us a subscribe. Also, we like those five tool baseball players. Uh, but we also like those five-star reviews. So it really helps out the show when you review us. And again, thanks. Uh, this show's definitely just kind of venting. We didn't write anything down. We didn't really plan it out what we were going to talk about uh, at all. At all. We didn't know where it was. We we're just like, let's just go on. We hadn't talked in a minute. But like I said, we emptied the tank right here. We'll be back next week uh, to... We don't even know, but we're going to keep them coming. Like I said, we'll be at you twice a week at least. Hanno, with that being said, you know what time it is. Charge. <laughs>